This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. What's up, Chuck? Well, Ty, I'm just waiting to get down there where you are. I'm excited to see you, man. I'm excited to... Uh, <laughs> the feeling is mutual, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I guarantee it is. He's probably more excited to, to see me than uh, than I am to see him. Now, Chuck, I'll tell you, I had, I had planned last night, and I got back, I got from Orlando to here at 9.30, and I was planning on going to bed, and some military friends convinced me, oh, we'll just have one beer. Well, six pitchers and ten shots later, I'm here this morning, and uh, not feeling as as good as I usually do. But luckily, this, this coffee thing that you convinced me to start getting into is is helping me through this show this morning. Well, you are a role model, Ty, and um, so you know, good luck to you today. Sounds like well, you had a big night last night. It's a cool, it's a cool place. Gainesville is a fun little town. It is the uh, the salty it's a good dogs college of- town. Yeah, Salty Dog Saloon is where we, we spend our time. But uh, to the soundbite, we just kind of heard um, heard from Coach earlier this week, uh, Coach Napier, not Coach Pittman, uh, Shamar James out for the year. I mean, this is a big loss for Florida. Um, I, I know Arkansas has had a, a game or two where they haven't had some secondary or linebacker players, but, I mean, this uh, this seems like, based on the people I talk to, the heart and soul of this, this defense, and, and he just, he's not suiting up tomorrow against the Razorbacks, Chuck. Well, he's their leading tackler, and that tells you a lot about him. He's uh, got five and a half tackles for loss and a sack. He's their middle linebacker. So he's, you know, one of their top players. There's no doubt about it. And he's not going to play the rest of this season. That's a big blow for them. You know, their defense was really good for the first four or five games. It's not been so good lately. They've given up a lot of yards and a lot of points over the last four games. And now this guy's out. So, you know, we'll see if Arkansas can take advantage of that. That's the thing that you look at. You look at, again, kind of the way their defense has been trending over the last month. And then you lose a player like this. Well, the thought is you ought to be able to score. 
And so we'll see if they're able to go down and do that. So how does Arkansas specifically tack what is perceived to be now a weakness? And you mentioned something I was going to bring up. While they look successful against Tennessee, they've been better at home, but they just haven't played the same caliber of teams in Ben Hill Griffin Stadium than on the road. How do you attack this, what we anticipate to be a weakness tomorrow without one of their best, if not their best defensive player? Well, now look, they've, they've, they've got good players that are going to replace him. Not as good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got to run the ball whether he's in there or not. And perhaps, perhaps it won't be quite as difficult with him out. I don't know. I would imagine it's still going to be pretty difficult, to be honest, given what we've seen this year. But I think this is about Arkansas. Um, I don't think that whether James is playing or not um, really should affect what Arkansas is thinking about doing, just to Mm -hmm. be real honest. Um, I don't know that this team, quite frankly, is – been good enough offensively to say okay we're gonna we're gonna attack this guy um i i just think there's more to it than that and so um i think they need to you know do exactly what they've been planning to do with or without this guy in the game obviously he's not going to be in now but I, i don't think their plan has changed because he's not going to be in the game yeah i mean let's i mean we talked about this and maybe not put it as in blunt of terms as i'm getting ready to but the the issue from game one all the way to where we're at now, heading to the last four, is you can't run the football. And that's what you hope to see a noticeable improvement on is being able to run the football and move it on the ground because they've not been able to to get that push. They've not been able to open those gaps, and that's where the biggest struggle has been and it's caused uh, other issues within this offense. And that's what I hope we see. I don't, I'm not a believer that just changing play callers, changing the voice in the room, Chuck, is going to fix the running game problem necessarily. Not, not, not by itself, no. Absolutely not. And there is no magic wand. No. And so, um, yeah, you're going to have to win the battle up front, you know, pure and simple. And they've not won those battles. They're averaging 2.9 a rush. If Arkansas can run the ball just a little bit on first down, just a little bit, uh, they'll have an opportunity, I think, maybe to put up some more points than they have, certainly more than three. But, um, no, I don't think that you just change the voice in the room and suddenly everything's yeah. okay. But um, I do say, and I've said this from, from the get-go, um, I do think there's going to be a shot in the arm. I do think there's going to be more passion. I do think that's going, there, there's going to be more emotion on the offensive side. I expect them to perform better. But now, does that mean they're going to go hang 40 on them? I'm not saying that. No. I'm not saying that at all. Um, let's let's remember where we were two weeks ago. And um, it's got to be a lot better than that. But you don't have to score 40 points to win the game, I don't think. No, not if your defense plays consistently the way they have. They can't have a letdown. Mm-hmm. If they allow 40, you're beat, beat and probably beat by multiple touchdowns. But this defense, with the way they played to this point... Uh, it gives you a lot of hope that they can keep you in the game. Well, you're, uh, Arkansas is going to have to tackle well. This is this is going to be a different type attack offensively from a passing perspective in that they're probably not going to get to this quarterback a lot. You look at Florida's numbers and the way they throw the ball, most of their passes are inside 10 yards. I mean, if, if it's third and 11, they'll throw the ball five yards, try to break tackles. They're not a team that has been one to stretch the field, so to speak. Now, look, they may try to do it tomorrow, and it wouldn't surprise me. But for the most part, when you look at what they've done, they throw short, 
They get yards after catch. They make you make tackles in space. If Arkansas can do that, Florida's not shown that they're a team that can beat you consistently deep. Um, I'm sure they'll try. But so far, they've, they, they, they've not been as good at that as they've been about, you know, dinking and dunking. Yeah, you were talking to Coach on Wednesday night about that. Here's kind of how he described their offense. They don't throw the ball very far. You know, I mean, they don't fumble. And a lot of their passes are the short passes. Now, I would too because they've got guys who can make you miss once they catch it. But they've done a magnificent job. And I think he's stolen at a rate of 70-something percent completions. I mean, that's unheard of. And, Chuck, that's what you were talking about with Sean Kelly, the play-by-play voice for the, the Gators earlier this week. The, again, the other aspect is they're not they're not forcing turnovers on defense, but they're not really throwing picks or anything either. I wonder, I mean, does Arkansas crowd up more to the, the short passes than they than they have just because of how Florida's offense looks relative well, to some of the other teams? better not crowd too much because if they get by you, <laughs> yeah. you know, the they band's got speed playing. still. Yeah. So, uh, um no, I, th- I think I think you got to pick your spots. You know, I think you've got to pick your spots there. Um, will there be times when they try to jump around? I'm sure there will be. Um, but but you know, you've also got to be sound there too because if again, if you you know if you're not, you miss a tackle, then you know the guy's gone. So um, again, that that's that's been Florida's mo this year, and that's what they're going to try to make you do. And they're not – you look at both sides of the football, and they've got a decent kicker. Like, And I, I say DC, he's pretty good. He's at 2 of 50 yards. Um, I think Arkansas is at 4 or 5. Cam's blasting him for 4 of 4. Plus. Little's 4 of four, 4 from 50 from And that's unheard that's of in the college good. game. Yeah, that's like – Pretty good. Uh, it's very seldom in the college game. But, I mean, both sides of the football for the Gators, there's – they're just not, like, great at anything, right? I mean – well. I, I, their numbers don't blow you away. You're right. No. That's, that's exactly right. I can tell you from filling out all their stuff this week, their numbers do not blow you away. <laughs> um, you know, it is an average. They give up 22.9 per game. So do the Razorbacks. But it is an average. And there will be games where you give up more, and there's going to be games where you give up less. And, again, Florida's defense has trended over the last month. They've given up a lot more points than they did the first month. Yeah. Um, their defense kind of carried them. If you really look at it, their defense kind of carried them the first four or five weeks. But South Carolina, you know, they Florida won the game, but they gave up 39. And when you look at kind of what's happened, uh, the script's flipped. We'll see if Arkansas can take advantage of that. We'll see. Um, you know, they've had two weeks to prepare and some big changes over those two weeks. But, um, you know, again, I, I just think that Tomorrow's about what the Razorbacks do. From our perspective, it's about what Arkansas does. Florida's five and three. Arkansas's two and six. Whatever they're doing, they've done better three more times than Arkansas has. You know, so uh, that's why they're favored. Never won down there. Hadn't played a ton in Gainesville. But is it just a matter of <laughs> you've always caught Florida with great teams on the road? I think I mean, that's got a lot to do I mean, with it. Yeah. I mean, they've been really good for a long time. This isn't uh, you know Florida's vintage uh, Gator program right now as far as the team this year. But Chuck, that's been a place that the Arkansas's never ever won at. It's a tough place to play. Number one, and, and, it's a tough yeah, place to play. Hey, you look, and you've been there for all three sports. I mean, Arkansas doesn't have a ton of success in the other sports. It's it's hard to win at Florida. Period. They had one since like at one point they had one since the nineties in the O'Connell Center, right? Yeah, they uh, won the first two times they played there, and then they didn't win for like 
20 years yeah or so it so it so it seemed um well it's a long trip and and i don't know how to explain that other than you just look around the country and teams when they take long trips it just doesn't seem to work out as well i i can't explain that i don't know why it is but it just seems to be that way and but i i I think the biggest thing very frankly is the floor has been better yeah Yeah. and that's why they won those games yeah they've just had uh you just think about all the quarterbacks and the Spurrier teams and the Urban Meyer teams, and yeah. the closest you got, I guess, was in 09, obviously, and the call at the end. That, that will stick with everybody for a while, but you just hadn't played a ton of times in Gainesville, so it's not, you know, this isn't like Texas or A&M right. or someone you played 125 times in your history. And Chuck, when you've been wearing red, has someone done the, the gator chop at you when you've walked out of well, the facility? They've, they've done some chops over the years. They've Part done some it. chops over the years. I've got some. Uh, go ahead, Tom. Yeah, I was just there in Atlanta. I mean, you just wanted to punch people in the mouth while they were doing that to you. I mean, when you were there in Atlanta, yeah. the old Georgia Dome in 06, and uh, man, when the word got around that UCLA had upset USC and opened the path, and then the fumble happened on the punt and all that, and those people went crazy. Uh, we were seated in the end zone press box for that game, and it was open air right amongst the fans. And you talk about, and we were right amongst the Gators right at then, boys. And it was, it took some self restraint. It, it just took some control. It was a tough night. Yeah, it was a tough night, man. Sure was. Thought we had them. Yeah, but um, you know, anyway, hopefully it'll turn out a little bit different this time. You you feel like you got a, a better chance, Chuck? Well, you do, and and you know, Florida. It's it it's not a vintage Florida team, as right. you said, but they've been really good at home, man. That's the thing. I mean, they play well. In their building, and and Arkansas. I mean, obviously, when you've lost six in a row, you're you're gonna have to be better than you've been. Mac is listening this morning on YouTube. He says he's been listening to Jacksonville Sports Radio Station. They've been saying, "Don't overlook the Hogs." I, I do wonder, Chuck. You made it, I, I thought an important point earlier yesterday about them coming off the Georgia game. We always talk about how tough it is for Arkansas coming off an Alabama or LSU with just the physicality. We know again. Their star-stud linebackers out for the season. I just and I know they're at home. I know it's a military appreciation, but I just wonder how like beat up Florida is. I was listening to them a little bit earlier. I think they're going to have all their offensive line ready to go for either either the first or second time this season. But it still seems like they're kind of banged up when it comes to a bunch of positions. Well, when you play a team like Georgia, they not only beat you on the scoreboard, they beat you up. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they lost by three touchdowns and their middle linebackers out for the year. So, I mean, that's kind of what happens when you play teams like that. It's happened to teams when they play Alabama. We see it on our side more than perhaps we've, you know, paid attention to what's happened in the East. But Georgia does huh. that to you. We used and, to be uh, one of those teams, though, that beat people right. up. Well, yeah. well, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe, yeah, when when we played a little, little more physical brand than we have this year, you're right. And but 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 those teams are elite and they're the bullies on the block. We yep. we we've never been the bully on the block like they've been. And when you play them there's a price to pay and I don't know what Florida is going to be like coming out of that. You know, obviously we're going to find out. Again, they've not lost at home. It's a tough place to play. I'm sure their crowd will pick them up. Yeah. Hey, here's something I I brought up to Tom and and we were kicking around before the show. We just assume that with Arkansas losing six games, there's more pressure on the Razorbacks to win the, from the inside. But with Florida, I mean, we've talked about you've got to go to LSU, Missouri, and then hosting Florida State. 
So if you don't win, then there's no guarantee of a bowl. Is the pressure more equal than people talk about when it comes to Napier and Pittman on having to win this game? Or is it still more in Arkansas, you think? Oh, I think people just can determine that in their own minds. But I can assure you that neither one of those guys feels any more or less pressure than the other. They're both wound so tight they don't know what they're doing this morning. Um, I'm just telling you, um, there's enormous pressure. Guys, there's millions of dollars riding on every game. Mm -hmm. You know, when you stop and think about it, when you think about what it means to a program when you win, what it means when you lose, there are millions of dollars riding on the outcome. To say one side has more pressure than the other, maybe it seems that way from the outside looking in. I've never been around any of them that don't go into any game feeling, you know, not, not feeling the weight of the world on their shoulders. Yeah. And to give you an example, I was reading an article this past week about the Kansas game and the bowl game over at uh, Memphis when Arkansas won that game in overtime. Right. By winning that game, it added essentially, when you add it all up, I don't want to get into all the detail, but it added $6 million to Sam Pittman's contract. Got him the bonus to the next level. It, it added some extensions. And, you know, so you talk about games, you know, millions of dollars riding on them. I mean, there was a game that came down to as, as razor thin of, of a margin as you could get in who was going to be the victor. And that was the difference in, uh, in, in the escalators in the contract. So it's, well, it, there, there's, there's always a lot riding on these games. And that's just an example of what you're talking about. In my right, well, and, 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 and that happens in all sports. Yeah. I mean, you, I, I mean, you think about you watch a golf tournament and it comes down to one or two putts on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> uh, you know, you've, you've, you, you know, you got an $800,000 putt. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. that's just kind of how sports works. <laughs> to finish third instead of fourth. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, and, 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 and that's just kind of how sports yeah. works. And, 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 and that's why I say there's enormous pressure. Everybody feels it. You feel it for yourself. You feel it for your players. You feel it for everybody in the building. I promise you, all of them do. Every single one of them. Yeah. So, uh, Chuck, next uh, next go around for our contracts. Can you get your agent to put a clause in both you and my contracts so we can get that uh, extra bonus and stipend for uh, having success on the radio show in the morning? Like six. Well, million. The it doesn't last, have to be six million. But, just know yeah. the last ten minutes of every show, you've 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 got hundreds of thousands of dollars yes. riding on it every day. You so, know, someone uh, that someone that wanted to get to that next level probably wouldn't have hung out all Thursday night at the I Salty was Dog. Say, uh, you gotta take care of your voice, man. Right. You gotta have a little discipline. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought whiskey helped. Well, my voice is again a little high for my age, and so I'm trying to deepen it. That's what the whiskey is. Michael Jordan didn't stay out all night. <laughs> you said Michael he stayed Jordan out till dawn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's the greatest. I don't know yeah. how he was able to do that. Him and Kenny Stabler. <laughs> oh. Michael, I, no, Michael Jordan wasn't quite like Kenny Stabler. No. You got to get your uh, rest, man. Now, <laughs> now with the the pressure, I want to go off that for a sec. Does it mount even more during the course of a bye week, or does it subside a little bit? I mean, are you sitting there festering on the idea that you've lost six straight, or, or does it give you new life and new strength and rejuvenation? That hey, we finally get a break, we can finally like just relax away from football for a sec, or is it even build up and mount relative to what it would be during just a normal football week? I think every day in, in, a, in a football season, I, I think from the outside looking in, again, you suppose these things. Um, but I don't think your day's like that. I, I'm, I mean, 
when you're in a bad spot, whether it be your life, your work, whatever, I, I, I mean, you don't wake up in the morning and just ponder how bad things are. I, I, I mean, you got to uh, speak you do, for yourself. Well, or, or, if, or, if, or if you do, they're going to keep going bad, you know? Well, and, uh, and, uh, that's how um, you get to two and six, Chuck. Chuck Barrett does not speak my, for the morning rush, by the way. My, my point is, 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 is that I think that um, I don't think when he got up Monday morning, I don't. I don't, I don't think the pressure was any. Oh. You know, I, I just, I, I just think it's a Monday. You go to work. Yeah. And, well, um, my four hundred one k is a two hundred one k. It can't get any worse. <laughs> yeah. Listen, Chuck. I, I don't know about you. I kind of find it ironic that Florida's wearing black to their own funeral tomorrow. They're wearing their black jerseys and they're okay. wearing it to their All own right. funeral tomorrow. So I just, I've not figured it. out how black uniforms. I heard him talking about we're going to honor the military by wearing black uniforms. I've not figured that part out. No. You know, be camo? Gonna, yeah. yeah, if they were to say we're going to wear, you know, we're going to do the camo thing and all that, I'd say, well, I, I, I like obviously a... see the connection, but I, I don't see the black uniforms. Maybe there's something there I don't know about. Splotchy orange or splotchy blue, and it doesn't make any uh, sense to me. Ironically enough, Arkansas, the, the last time they beat Florida was in those anthracite uniforms back in 2016. The uniforms we can't win in. Somehow we beat Florida when they were ranked when they came into Fayetteville. Yeah, they were like, what, number 10 that day, I think? Or? Yeah, 10-16. Yeah. Like yeah, I mean, one of Bielema's Bielema Bielema best wins. Yeah, so. Santos Ramirez got a pick six to start the game and just start. Riley Williams had a great touchdown run, and they just they ran yeah. them There was the one of those day. games. I don't remember if it was that game or not. One time they came here, and they uh, I remember one of their guys scored, and he threw the football like into the second deck. <laughs> Wow! Did he really? I mean, he just threw the ball up in the stands. I don't, I don't, I don't remember what year that was. They all ran right together. So, Duop Mitchell, Damon Mitchell, was a classmate of mine at the University of Arkansas, and I, I remember talking to him that week how hyped up they were. And he, if you remember, Chuck, he like killed someone on a kickoff return. It was a legal, legal yeah, hit, but he just like clobbered someone. Um, and I just remember how happy he was on Monday morning after they won and after. He made a highlight reel play. Well, you got to do it. it when you're called doo-wop. You got to doo-wop somebody. Yeah. You know that's that's what you got to do. He's so, a cool guy. Yeah. And then uh, that brings me back to like Dallas, Washington, 2006 against USC. I, that's part of the game I miss. We don't see those big time collisions, and I get it. There's safety involved, but we don't see those big time collisions and kickoff anymore. The wedges or any of that. I, I loved watching that growing up. I thought that was one of the most yeah. exciting. Worst the one getting hit. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it's fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you you weren't the one in the cold tub all well, weekend. Yeah, I had seventh and eighth grade when I was doing the wedge for. Uh, that's football. a little different. Little that's different. a little di- respectfully. Yeah. That's a little different. <laughs> oh, but it's close. Thank you, Thank you for adding respectfully. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean you know. Thanksgiving dinner will be memorable this year at the historic Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in Hot Springs. Thursday, November twenty third, from eleven a.m. to three p.m. in the Venetian Dining Room, you'll have a salad bar, carving station, hot buffet items, and desserts featuring traditional and unique items. Over twelve dine for fifty eight dollars per person, under 12 for $29 and under 6 eat free. Reservations required. Must have credit card to hold reservations. Call 501-623-7771 or log on at arlingtonhotel.com slash dining for reservations and complete menu items. Call or text the McClarty Daniel hotline at 877-377-6963. McClarty Daniel, a vehicle for every lifestyle. When you're looking for a new car, you want to shop for a vehicle you love with an organization you trust. 
You've probably heard that McCarty Daniel means making deals, but what I'm inspired by the most is that McCarty Daniel means making a difference in our community. When you buy a vehicle with McCarty Daniel, you reinvest right here in the community, in our schools, in our little leagues, in our food banks, and our people. So you're not just making a purchase, you're making a difference too. Come see us at any of our six locations in Northwest Arkansas. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. Your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. All right, so I wanted to ask Chuck about this because I found it interesting talking with different Dallas Cowboy fans. Big C, you can jump in on it too. Y'all got a big game this week in Philadelphia, 325 in Philly. I know people are excited about that. Nothing made at the trade deadline. Not a move from the Cowboys. San Francisco went out and got Chase Young. Washington's having a fire sale right now. They traded Montez Sweat to Chicago as well. Vikings got Josh Dobbs. I guess you could say the Chiefs got McCole Hardman a couple weeks ago. But Mike McCarthy got asked about that yesterday, and here's what he had to say about not making a move. I love our roster. I mean, I, you just, you know, frankly, we talked in here last week about the young players. You know, we've been really pushing our young players to, to do a great job on look teams, and, and, you know, we've even taken time in team meetings, offensive, defensive meetings to highlight it. So that's all part of the growth and development of our program. And history will tell you those young guys will be playing in the later months. You know, it's, it's November 1st, so we're cognizant of that. Uh, but yes, um, we, we, really, we really like our roster, love our roster, and, you know, we'll We'll just continue to develop our guys. You look at the two teams the Cowboys are probably going to have to go to to get to the Super Bowl. That's the Niners, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles have Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, an incredible running game. Then you look at the Niners, Debo Samuel, I know has been injured, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon IU, Kittle. I mean, they've got weapons all over the place. Cowboys have C.D. Lamb, and that's their only elite offensive player. Dak, we don't think is a good quarterback. Why do the Cowboys not try and make a move at the trade deadline to bolster their offense? Well, I don't know who they trade. I, I mean, I I hear what you're saying generally, and I've heard other people say that, but it's got to be the right deal. It's you know, this is not baseball where you know the trade deadline in baseball. I mean, if you're out of contention, I mean, it, it's 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 becoming a little more like that, but it's certainly not quite like Major League Baseball yet. I, I don't know, you know. I don't know who was out there. I don't know who was out there they could have made a deal for, and you don't know um, what they wanted in return. Football's a little different in, in, in my mind. If, if uh, These are things that have got to be dealt with either through free agency or the draft. It's, it's hard to make a trade in the NFL with so many guys out there that, you know, you can just – dramatically change the fortunes mm-hmm. of your team. So uh, I think they're going to, you know, dance with what they got. Yeah. And they have a feel or a, a an idea. I got promise you Jerry Jones or any other owner or GM feels like what they think a, a draft pick to, is worth in each round and where, where they need to address needs in the next draft. And 
um, and where their caps at. I mean, I, there's just so many moving parts, and I I don't understand who how you keep up with all the cap numbers and and the and the math of that. But uh, you know, th- there's always uh, a reason why you lean on you know those guys that are the smartest people in your your franchise. Uh, in your front office to figure all that stuff out as well and what ca- what it's going to cost you down the road. Yeah, Jerry, Brandon. Jerry's not really known for making any big-time moves or anything. He kind of rolls with what, what he's got, so it hadn't really worked out too well, but we'll see what happens this year. Well, well I just think that, I mean, the Cowboys' window is closing. Some would say it's already closed. Uh, Brandon says that he likes who the Cowboys have. He texted in this morning, but you don't have a team that can get to the Super Bowl offensively. Defensively, you do. Micah Parsons, Lawrence. I mean, you've got guys on the field that can make plays, and we've seen that at points this season. But that offense, I mean, if you're going to put a – I mean, I'd probably say Dak's the top 10, 15 quarterback. You have to put better pieces around him. Purdy's been good this year because of the pieces around him, not necessarily because he's his all-world QB. But nobody's disagreeing with that. I don't disagree with anything you just said. But, you know, you don't address that – mid-season in the National Football League. You don't address that through in-season trades. I mean, maybe I've missed some. I've not seen an inordinate number of mid-season trades that have made a team a Super Bowl champion. Now, it's not like baseball where you can sign a rent a pitcher and he's a starting pitcher, and he might be the difference between going to the playoffs and not going to the playoffs, or winning the World Series and not winning the World Series. Mm-hmm. Pro football, you can't do that. There's, There's... There's, you know, there's not a starting pitcher out there, uh, I mean a starting quarterback out there that a team that's not in contention is going to trade at the trading deadline. I hear what you're saying, and I don't disagree with anything that you're saying. My point is, is that in pro football, those are things you generally deal with through free agency or draft. Those things are dealt with in the offseason. Well, I mean, I think about Chase Young is a guy that, again, San Francisco outside of Bosa hasn't necessarily gotten the pass rush they needed, and this was a, a former first-round pick that they picked up. All right, Max, they had a need on defense, and that guy was available. My my point is, is I'm not disagreeing with you about the playmakers. I don't disagree with anything you said, but who were the guys you were going to go trade for? Well, Mac brings up Derrick Henry or DeAndre Hopkins. They let go of Kevin Byard and All-Pro Safety earlier. Who are you going to trade for him? Who are you going to give up to? And, and 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 I mean, you're 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 doing a lot of what ifs, and you're just assuming that all those trades would have gone through, that the other team, you know, that that they would have been able to make a deal. I, I hear what you're saying, and I'm not disagreeing with a lot of the points that you're making about the Cowboys. I just think the idea that a mid-season trade in pro football is going to make the difference. Uh, it's not like baseball. It's not like baseball. It's a different deal. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a list of, again, them in front of me. I think they're more prevalent than you think. I think there's been times. Well, I, I think you're speaking very generally. And, and uh, um, uh, I just, you know, um, I'd love for him to be able to get a couple more guys to go with C.D. Lamb, too. But. I'm just not sure they're out there mid-season like this. Yeah. Speaking of the Titans, did y'all see what happened to Traylon last night? Did y'all happen to catch yeah. that? Uh, I've, 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 I've not heard any new report this morning. I'll give you an update. So, for those that didn't watch the game, Steelers, Titans last night, it was uh, pretty bad for Traylon Burks. Last well, live right now. They have loaded him onto the cart, Traylon Burks. And Kaylee, you're down there. What, what have you seen? Al, just as I went running to Traylon Burks as he went down, 
people were yelling for the car to get to him as fast as they could. What we've seen has been standard protocol. He was log rolled onto his back, put onto that sturdy spine board, and strapped down. His face mask was removed. The crowd is cheering for him now. We just saw him move his toes for the first time after he was loaded onto that cart, but I did not see him open his eyes out. What happened on the play, Ty? He uh, He's going down the sidelines on a go route. Levis leads him out of bounds, and he landed on his head. It, it didn't so look he that wasn't bad. hit. He, yeah. he, he, he landed on his head. Yeah, okay. it, it didn't Have look that Have you heard that. any update this morning? Yeah, so, um, so Hartun, who the reporter there talked about, he had full movement of his extremities. She put that out. And then uh, Teron Davenport, who covers the Titans, I think for ESPN, said he walked down the locker room on his own and uh, I think was caught talking with the coaching staff. So, it, it, again, it looked initially really, really bad. He was carted off and everything. So he was which, not hospitalized overnight or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, so it That's looks like – yeah, it okay. looks like he's okay based on some reports that I've read this morning. But it's scary, guys. I mean, I'm watching this game, and I'm thinking, oh, that's just – and then all of a sudden he's down. And it's not getting up. It's not moving. I'm like, good grief, man. And uh, then they wheel out, the, of course, the ambulance and the car and all that stuff. That's a – I mean, Tommy, you've seen that in person on a football field as a ref. Chuck, you've seen it. I've seen it. It's that, it's just not something you want to have to deal with at any point. Well, and in the NFL – because of the money, because of the investment, because of the resources, you know, as Kaylee Hartung was talking about that, the, the kind of the standard protocol and the routine they go through is uh, is just different than, than what we see, and they, they, don't, they don't take any precautions. So yeah. when anything involving the head or neck area is involved, um, you know, and I think it's even more heightened after the DeMar Hamlin situation, which I know wasn't head or neck, but um, I, I just think there's been more resources, more emphasis Probably more written rules behind the scenes we don't know about about how these type of situations are handled. Um, j- just because the, the last thing the NFL wants or needs or what could damage the shield and the brand the most is to have a player uh, lose his life playing this game, and that, that they want to take every precaution to make sure that never happens. Yeah, and hopefully again. But he, uh, according to a couple of different reporters, he is he is okay at that point. That's good. A that's scary great. situation. So, and that's an in-game injury. We've kicked this around before. So these college injuries, like we, we still don't know if Rocket's going to play or not 100% tomorrow. It sounds like from Coach on Wednesday night that he's going to. Guys, next season, do you think the – and Tommy, I don't know if this is an NCAA rules committee thing or if this is this the, the college football, but are we going to see injury reports like solidify in the NFL starting next year? Because it's getting to a point with betting and everything else – that and I, I just speak close to home with Rocket. Um, he's talked about Devin Manuel probably going to play, or he's going to play as well. It's not just Arkansas; it's college football. I think fans are getting sick and tired of not knowing who's going to play. And I know coaches use it to gamemanship, not just Pittman, but everyone else. I mean, is this going to change starting next year? Or are we still going to have to wait on this? Well, we saw the bit was the Big Ten's going to to start releasing some injury information. It's what two hours before? Yeah, I, I I don't see there's any way that it, this doesn't become more widespread with Power 5 football. I, I don't know what the percentage of the bets are in what we would call Power 5 versus the rest of FBS, but I would I would just bet that the large percentage of the money and the and the tickets taken on a, on a given Saturday are on the big boys or on the big teams, right? Um, so, yeah, I think this is going to be a policy at some point. If it's next year or the year after, I don't know. But, you know, Chuck, you can't be in bed, take their money for sponsorships, 
um, you, know, you know, have their signs hanging in your stadium and not give them some leeway. And I think as a school, you want that because you want to make sure that what's out there is on the up and up and there's integrity involved. Well, I think there's going to be a balance to strike. Um, I don't know that you're ever going to see it quite like the NFL, but I think there's probably going to be a balance to strike there. Um, I think gambling and fantasy leagues are what keeps the NFL alive. I don't think gambling and fantasy leagues tip the scales in college football the way they do in the National Football League. Um, You know, just from a personal standpoint, the idea that, you know, a coach has got to disclose something about a player just so people know how to make their bets, um, you know, there's there's something about that that just rubs me the wrong way. I'm not going to lie to you. But I do think there's going to be some things that probably come down the pike, and I, I think we'll see a balance struck. Um, it would not surprise me if there is some kind of something like what the Big Ten's doing, you know, where you got uh, – but now I don't know that we're ever going to see, or at least anytime soon, I don't know that we're going to see a situation in college football where you've got to disclose things before game day. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know that we're going to see that. Um, we might, but I'm not sure that's going to be the first step. I think uh, something along a timeline yeah. on game day is probably going to be what we see first, mm-hmm. universally. Yeah. So, I, I, and I think about again, it's it's up to the player and his family if they want to release certain information. So, Trevor Brazil last year gets injured uh, in that game, and then like the next day, the email sent out. So, if I had to guess, but that's different. A- Everybody knew he was out for the year. I, I, I mean, that's different. That's 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 not a well, he might play or he might not. But, um, that's a different deal. And, li- and listen, I don't I don't bet. You know. I don't bet on college football. I don't bet on sports, you know. But um, but we talk about it a lot, and it's part of the it, it's part of it. But has there been a ton of money that's went the wrong way? Are there example because injury information wasn't released, or people didn't know what was going on? They were banking on a quarterback or a wide receiver. I just don't know that we can point to a deal where everybody was shocked to kick off when the star quarterback didn't play. I just don't think that I think in today's time with social media with as much media that covers the big time programs, guys are just aren't a lot of secrets anymore that that make it to kickoff. No, you're right. And um, you know, the thing that you you obviously want to stay away from what happened with the Alabama baseball coach and Yeah. There are all kinds of situations that can that can come up, but uh, I think there will will probably be some sort of balance that they try to strike at some point on this. But I don't think it's ever going to be quite like the NFL. It's football season at your neighborhood Buffalo Wild Wings. And with 64-inch TVs, beer, burgers, and, you know, wings, Buffalo Wild Wings is the best choice to watch the big game. So bring the gang and join us this football season at your local Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings, beer, wings, sports, and your home for any game. Roar! 
Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Not really a surprise to see Trevin Brazil and Devontae Davis selected by the all-coaches teams in the Southeastern Conference, same as they were by the media. Trevin's a first-teamer, Devo's a second-teamer. Guys, which player do you think has a chance to, to be on the postseason team? from either the coaches or, or, or the mm. media that's not there? Because those have been the mainstays, it seems like, with each and every list we've seen. Well, with no disrespect to Devo, Trevin Brazil's athleticism and just all he can do on the floor is such a, a walking highlight. I'd have mm-hmm. to, when picking between one of those two, and they're both great players, and Devo's a great defensive player, but I'd have to go with TB on that one. I'm going to be anxious to see maybe if... Uh, one of these other guards emerges as an all-conference type player, whether it be Mark or Ellis, or I'm just picking those two out. There are other candidates as well. Uh, there's 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 so much unknown, and you know there are some teams out there that have players that you know are going to be good. I saw where Tennessee won last night, and uh, um, you know they've uh, they've got guys like Ziegler and Vescovy. I mean, you know, established players, guys you know are good that. You can safely say, okay, he's an all-conference kind of player. Devo's that kind of guy. Um, but there's so many new players in the league every year, and, and we've got a lot of them. So I'll be anxious to see if one of those guys emerges. I had I had down L. Ellis just because I like what he's bringing to the table. And I know it's only been two games, but watched him at Louisville. And then I also had down Tremont Mark and, and Chandler Lawson as all defensive players. I think Mark's wingspan and Lawson's as well is just going to wreck some havoc for some opponents this season. Excited to continue to see those two guys play. Uh, I w- want to congratulate Colby Hale's group of young ladies that are advancing to another SEC tournament finals, their ninth. They beat Mississippi State 2-0 to yesterday in the semis, and now will face Georgia, who's the number two seed. That is Sunday at 1 o'clock. Guys, uh, again, we can't say enough about Colby Hale and also Jason Watson with the volleyball team as well, and they're back in uh, back in Pensacola at the, at the championship. Blanked them. So uh, congratulations to them. That'll be a great match with Georgia, I'm sure. Yeah, and uh, they'll have, again, postseason just around the corner at Razorback Field. I know a lot of people across and in northwest Arkansas are excited for that. That is going to do it for your hog update this morning. It is brought to you by our friends at Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey. Call 888 sparky So we kind of had a down week in the SEC last week in terms of competition, top 25. A couple teams on by. Not this like, week. Yeah, not this week, Chuck. You're exactly right. And uh, it's perfectly set up for our Fence Man Friday picks this morning. Sean, how are we uh, How are we doing this morning here on a uh, on a football Friday? Man, we're having a great day today. Everybody showed up to work. We're ready to go get her done. There you go. Well, Tommy, you hear that? Everybody showed up to work just like mm-hmm. you did, just like we did. That's, so that's right. Always a, that's always the best start. All right, let's get into a much better week of football. <laughs> Fence Man Friday starts now. 
Fence Man Friday Fix. Call the Fence Man for all kinds of fences, controlled access, and custom iron projects. 479-782-3936. The Fence Man. We ain't afraid of no work. By the way, we're all within six points of each other. Tommy, you've got 102 points are leading right now, so congrats on your uh, your lead at this point yeah. in time. So you get the uh, honor of starting first. All Georgia right. is a Your 50, honor, your honor. Yeah. 15.5-point yeah, favorite home against Missouri. Do they get it done this weekend against the Tigers by 16 or more points? You know, if this game was uh, in Columbia, A, the line would be different, and B, I'd probably feel like Missouri had a chance to win this game, but... Uh, I think Missouri's getting ready to do a flex. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take. Or probably Georgia's getting ready to do a flex. I'll take Georgia and lay more than two touchdowns. Yeah, this game's wow. Columbia, like it was last year. I'd take Missouri, but I think Georgia just absolutely opens up a can of you know what on them tomorrow, Chuck. I've got Georgia. I'm gonna go the other way. I'm gonna go the other way. I'm gonna take Mizzou and the points. I think Georgia wins, but closer than people might think. Sean, what happens in Athens this weekend, man? I'm with Chuck on this one. I think Mizzou's going to keep it really close. Me and Sean are either going to sink or swim this week. It's it's moving week. It's a new month. Saturday at the Masters, huh? We're going to move up up in the ranks. Here we go. Well, keeping the big week going. LSU at Alabama, three and a half. is a night game. CBS chose to flex it. Great weekend to flex it, honestly. Uh, Bama is a three and a half point favorite in this one, guys. You know what, I, I, I think this is going to be a game in the 40s. I really do. But I think Bama is going to be just too much uh, in the end. They'll win, but they're not going to cover. I've got Bama by three. So LSU covers but does not win on Saturday night, Tommy. Line was what? What would you say? Three and a half. Uh, Bama, please. Bama? Yeah. What are you thinking, Chuck? I'm going to go with Alabama. I think Bama's going to cover. LSU. LSU. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm hoping this Fighting is a good Fighting Tigers. One. Here we go. I'm hoping this is a good one. All right, let's go where we're at in Gainesville right now. The Florida Gators here hosting your Arkansas Razorbacks. Five-and-a-half-point favorites are the home team. Tommy, is Florida what, – what happens in this game tomorrow here in Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, in a place you've never won? I think it's going to be close, incredibly close. Um, I hope Arkansas has enough – I'm not as confident in the win, but I think Arkansas, like they've done in so many other SEC games, makes it a one-possession game late. So give me the hogs and give me the points. Listen, Florida's wearing black to their own funeral, boys. The entire crowd's going to be in black. The team's in black. Hogs are going to win this football game by a field goal. A Cam Little 52-yard field goal, Chuck, is what happens <laughs> okay. tomorrow. And you, be you better ready. have that call queued up and ready I'll to be go. ready. Sean, what happens tomorrow? Sean, what happens tomorrow? I'm gonna take hogs and the points. Hogs and the points. Yeah, they're gonna do it. All right, Chuck. For you, we're gonna go to Bedlam. We're Oklahoma State. It's about the same line. Six and a half point underdogs are the Cowboys. So no complaining from Chuck this week. (laughs) That's right. Are they are the rival Sooners? Now Oklahoma again coming off a loss last week against Kansas. Tommy, what happened in the Kansas game again? Did they win or lose? Let me check the scoreboard here. I. It looks like Kansas beat Oklahoma. Yeah, Kansas yeah. beat Oklahoma. Didn't Arkansas beat them? In the, yeah, I think, yeah, I think so. That makes <laughs> Chuck, Arkansas what, better than Oklahoma, right? Chuck, does uh, does Oklahoma lose back to back? Or and again, they're six and a half point favorites heading into Boone Pickens. Pistols firing, boys. Let's go. I'm going with the Cowboys. Guns up, baby. Yes, yes. Pistol Pete's going out after the game. They're shooting the cannon off. Gundy gets he's the a last man, laugh. He's Sixty. As they, uh, <laughs> As they exit the I'm Big an 12. Old man. I'm, I'm an old 60. man. I'm 60. <laughs> 
Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. And that's where Robert is on the McClarty Daniel Hotline as we welcome him in from Fayetteville. Robert, what's going on this morning? Hey, guys. So you're in my old stomping grounds. I spent three years there. Um, so if you guys get to go to dinner tonight, go to Harry's. Uh, that's a great restaurant. You guys have a good time. Tommy, just a heads up. If you find out that uh, Ty heads over to a restaurant, used to be over there across the street from the swamp, called the Swamp Restaurant. <laughs> you might not bring Tommy back. I mean, you might not bring Ty back. He might end up staying down there. You have the address on that? It used to be right across the street from the, the football stadium. You writing this down, Ty? The, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I've got it. It's, it's, it's still it's, there, uh, I think. <laughs> I already, uh, I, I'm in there in spirit, let's yeah. just say. Hey, the Swamp Restaurant was great. That's, anyway, I'm going to leave that alone. And, and Chuck, <laughs> you need to go to dinner with him over at Harry's. That's a great place to eat. I think I'm penciled in for Steve Spurrier's tonight, actually. Ooh. Ahoy, oh, yeah. Ahoy, ahoy. Yeah. yeah, velvet ropes and everything. <laughs> ahoy, Poloy. Uh, yeah. But there's, a, there's one more thing you got to see, and that's Lake Alice, which is over there by Shands, not too far from Shands Hospital. It's on campus. It's a little bit of a lake. They have actual live alligators in there. Just don't get bit. They, Don't get there's me. always the story, you know, about the uh, freshman girl that's got her little dog, and the, the alligator jumps out and grabs the dog. That, that happens every fall. <laughs> that's the rumor, anyway. <laughs> but they do. Oh, they man. literally have live alligators on campus at that place called Lake Gallus. Mm. Well, well, man, we're looking forward anyway. to being uh, back in the confines next week with you there at the stadium shop. Oh, it's going to be crazy next yeah. week. We've got basketball twice. Monday and Friday, and then football on Saturday. What a week. All right, man. We'll see you next Saturday. All right, man. Take care. Right, that's Robert Mann. He's over at the stadium shop. He, it, it seemed like we've been there once, Ty, but we, we ain't had a home game enough to get comfortable there. I know, man. It's been a, it's been annoying. This schedule, I'm going to I'm gonna have some words when we go down to Birmingham next go-around. <laughs> I mean, just... Well, you'll get your fill next week. Two basketball games and a football game mm-hmm. for the next two weeks. There's going to be two basketball yeah. games and a football game, so you'll have plenty of chances. Chuck's Chuck, trying to you... figure out what to do with his free time. Yeah, yeah. Chuck, golly. I mean, you got game Monday. Must Live Tuesday, Sam Pittman Live Wednesday, and I guess you have kind of an off day on Thursday, and then Friday you got the you – know, you're just – you got a busy week next oh, week. Oh, it'll man. be a fun week. A lot of, lot of sports, a lot of Razorback stuff, that's for sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk more basketball on Monday. Eric Musselman, again, uh, had a, a chance to catch up with him earlier this week talking about Alcorn State. But for now, we head back to the McClarty Daniel Hotline where uh, Pat Dooley is waiting on us. Pat, I'm going to call you the Bob Holden, the Clay Henry of, of Florida Sports Friday. And I, I would guess that you've 
potentially come in contact with one of those guys at some point during your uh, during your time here in Gainesville? So you're just saying I'm old is what you're saying. <laughs> but, but you would you wouldn't be inaccurate in that regard. So. Well, yeah. you're, you're, well, at least he didn't. Very well. At least he didn't compare you to Wally Hall. So you got that going yeah. for you. Uh, I know Wally too. I know all those guys. We, oh, I, I mean, Florida and Arkansas played more than a lot of teams in this this conference. Like, oh, Georgia having to go to Texas A and M, which has never happened. Uh, um, so this is like what the third time or fourth, fifth time that they've come here. So um, it's kind of weird. And I think they've not been to Vandy but once or something. I heard that story the other day. So, yeah, the people in the conference office should be ashamed of the schedules they put out. I think they've got it figured out going forward, though. Well, I appreciate a, a Florida guy saying that because I've been frustrated with the fact that Arkansas has to keep coming to Gainesville, and it doesn't seem like the, the return trip trips have definitely added up. But uh, on this game tomorrow, uh, Pat, the biggest news coming out of Gainesville is not having star middle linebacker Shamar James, not just – tomorrow but the rest of the season I mean you've watched this team all year how big of a loss is it for Billy Napier's defense not to have their leading tackler yeah I mean it's a blow I mean uh, he's you know my my biggest fear uh, of what Florida's defense is going to um, be like in this game is that Florida's linebackers are all smaller than KJ Jefferson so if I was Arkansas, and I think they are going to do that, I think they're going to pound the ball and they're going to run him and they're going to pound it and get as much out of Rocket as they can. And uh, Florida's linebackers just aren't very big. They haven't matured yet. They're all freshmen and sophomores. And um, that's one of the weaknesses they have. Now, they also have a, a nose tackle that may be out, uh, questionable. And so up the middle right away, they've got those injuries. And that's where I think uh, Arkansas probably – Probably will attack them. I, that's where I would attack them and just run the ball up the middle. And you know, uh, we'll see if, if that's what they do and if that's if Florida is able to withstand that. But you know, the guy they've got replacer, Manny Nunnery's played a lot of football. Um, but again, he's uh, he's a uh, second year player too. So I mean, it's a young team, guys. And you know that you've looked, you've done your research. One uh, senior on the two deep, so they're they're a very young team and. Uh, that's why I think they've been so inconsistent where you just don't know where you're getting week to week. Yeah. Pat, give us a, a sense of this game for Billy Napier. And Tommy and I have hold it, hold on the idea. I mean, the Tennessee win earlier this year was huge for them. It's a rivalry game, still in one in the swamp in like 20-some-odd years. But they've had an up-and-down season, and they've got three straight ranked games after this. I mean, if they don't win this game, is there a, is there a sense in Gainesville that they're not going to make a bowl? Oh, yeah. I think that the sense in Gainesville is if they don't win this game, they, they definitely aren't making a bowl. Then they have to pull one out. They're going to be underdogs. In the last three games, as you mentioned, they play LSU and Missouri on the road, and they play FSU at home, which will probably be undefeated at FSU at that point. So, yeah, it's not going to be easy. Um, but, um, you know, there's certainly, I, you know, with considering the last two bowls, I'm not sure that a bowl game is going to help Florida. I mean, They've had guys opt out. They, you know, not show up. They've ended up playing teams that were probably better than them in bowl games that weren't that great. You know, um, I don't know that it, that it really helped them getting. I think they got seven practices in because they played it so early last year. I don't know how much that really helped, but um, but I think it's more of a, the prestige of it of saying, hey, we went to a bowl every year under this guy, or we did. You know, we 
were a bowl team. And if you can win that bowl game, you get overrated in the AP poll the following year, as you know. Yeah. So where does that, Pat, where does that leave Billy Napier? Uh, is he firmly on the hot seat? What's the temperature with fans and, more importantly, with the administration? I don't, I don't think he's even near the hot seat. I, I mean, I think that um, certainly uh, if they go 0-4 the rest of the way, and that could happen, uh, and go 5-7, and 7, um, I think next year will be a big year for him. But the bottom line is people understand that he was left a mess. Uh, they weren't recruiting, and he's built up the recruiting. He's doing all the things off the field great. Uh, but as you know, it's on the field to count, and that matters. Um, I, I, I talk to a lot of fans here uh, who have come up to me and asked me, and they go, you know, why do you guys keep talking about Napier getting fired? Nobody talks about it where I live. Nobody talks about it in my circle. It's just these, well, I call them the Gideons, the Gator Idiots, out there on the <laughs> lunatic friend that, you know, they, they want everybody fired when they lose the game. Oh. So uh, I, I don't, but I don't think, you know, I don't, I, you know, there's a new president here and nobody really knows what he's thinking because he doesn't talk to the media. So, um, I, nobody knows about whether he would put any pressure on Scott, but I know Scott Strickland is, uh, satisfied with where it's going. He, he obviously would like to see more wins. Uh, but I don't think it's a situation where they, I really don't feel like he's on any kind of a hot seat. Please tell me you've trademarked that Gideon's. I mean, that's, uh, that's awesome. Well, Gideon's is one of my many uh, little things that, uh, and they, that, the other one is no nobody suffers winning like Gator fans. So I, I got to trademark both of those yeah, things. Just, I think. just just when we thought we had the corner market here in, in Fayetteville. All right, so is there a sense well, see, you've got you've got the you've got fans just like that out there, and I would call those Ridians, Razorback Gideons. So <laughs> you know they're they're everywhere. You know. Well, we may borrow that, or, or more appropriately, steal it. So is there a sense with the the rise of Georgia since Kirby got there and now Tennessee on the rise? Is there a, a sense amongst Gator fans that maybe the, the the firm grip the Florida Gators once had on the Eastern Division has, has completely slipped away? Well, yeah. I mean, it, it, I don't know that they can get it back to where Steve Spurrier had it or where Urban Meyer had it. But, I mean, Urban only won two East uh, or three East in the time he was here in six years. Um of course, won a bunch, uh, but you know, McElwain won two, Mullen won one. They, they, their problem is they've been on a roller coaster. They have a good year and then a bad year, and then a good year and then a bad year, and nobody wants to have that. They've got to develop consistency, and what they're trying to do is build from within, build a foundation, and it may take longer to do it that way rather than just slap, you know, some uh, lipstick on a pig, which is what I think was being done here for a while. Uh, but no, lip, lip, I, I said this on the, our radio show uh, this week, and I think people got mad at me. I said, you know, everybody wants to talk about it. can Florida catch Georgia? Billy Napier said, we're trying to catch Georgia. We're trying to chase them down. I'm like, you're, you're just trying to chase Kentucky right now. You just need to get as good as Kentucky. And, and that's the truth because you've lost three out of five to them. So you get to that point and then go to the next one. Don't. Don't try to play. You play it one mm. team at a time as far as surpassing them. So, um, yeah, but, I mean, there's no doubt that Florida is uh, right now in the middle of the pack in the SEC East. Next year they won't have to worry about that because be, there won't be an SEC East. 
We're talking with uh, Pat Dooley here again. He's with ESPN Gainesville. We're, our own Phil Elson was actually broadcasting yesterday, and I guess he's doing today as well. Um, Pat, you mentioned the scheduling earlier. The Big Ten actually, excuse me, the Big 12 just came out with their model recently. I, I found it interesting. Um, are you excited starting for next season to see some teams go to some places they haven't been or at least expect to go since we uh, haven't, I guess, officially gotten that, uh, the schedule and the, what they're going to do with that? No, I am. I, I think it's going to get more interesting, uh, no doubt about it. But it's going it, to, you know, I, I, I'm not. It's going to be hard to get used to a, a Big Ten with Pac-12 teams in it, a ACC with Pac-12 teams in it, um, and of course an SEC with no with no uh, division. Because I mean, when I started at the Gainesville Sun, um, after being in Jacksonville for a long time, I, I started the Gainesville Sun. It was like right when the division. Uh, we're starting when I when I became a columnist there, so I, I've lived with them my whole life. And now I'm like going, who's winning the East? Yes, who's winning the West? Who's winning the East? I mean, who knows? I mean, there's no, nothing anymore. It's somebody's going to finish 16th. <laughs> That's all I know, and that that will be that won't be pleasant. But I would still I still think they can do a better job of scheduling in terms of. It, hopefully, the SEC goes to nine games in 2025. I think they will. I think they couldn't this year because ESPN was cash poor because of all the people they were laying off. Um, and I think if they do that, and, and you know, as long as everybody plays one or two, I would prefer two games against Power Five teams. We need need to get to a point where there there aren't any Saturdays where you look at the schedule and go, I think there's two games I want to watch. You, you should you should want to watch like. 50 games. You should say, I've got to have a third TV. Because if you don't have two TVs, you're not watching football. <laughs> well, yeah, on the, and listen, I, I think Tommy, myself, Chuck, couldn't agree anything more with what you just said. On that note, this is a, last weekend, not a great weekend for the SEC. This weekend, though, very much is. Pat, are, are you still of the belief that the SEC is, is pretty pretty confident going to get a college football playoff team, regardless of maybe what happens with uh, – a Georgia loss or maybe a shakeout with Alabama? Yeah, I mean, I'm confident. Uh, but if Georgia does lose one of these uh, two big games they got coming up with, uh, they've got Missouri and Tennessee the next two weeks. They, they, and I, I could see them losing one, or they could lose to Alabama in the uh, conference championship game. And, you know, Michigan, Ohio State, one of those two obviously would be undefeated. Washington stays undefeated. Uh, I think I think it could be a battle. I, I don't think it's a, a slam dunk. For one thing, as we all know, Georgia's schedule's been so soft that doesn't help them. That's why they aren't number one, even though they're two-time defending champs. Personally, I would have had them a, a notch lower. Um, but you know, we'll see how it all plays out. But I, I still think they'll get a team in. I, I don't see Georgia losing to anybody, to be honest with you. Um, they're they're a really good team again, and they they play at the level they have to play at. When they when they when the going gets tough, they go beat you. And uh, I got, I got to give them a lot of credit for that because I've seen so many games where I go, oh Georgia could lose this game, and then they end up winning. And you're like, okay, yeah. that was that was exciting for like ten minutes, but yeah. um, and they obviously the way they played against Florida, they played a perfect game, and uh, they're they're a really good team, so. We'll see uh, these two games. That, 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 I, I am just excited. I think it's going to be a November to remember. I think we're going to have so many games that we're just, we cannot take our eyes off the TV. And we, 
were saying to friends, hey, let's go find some place with six TVs because there's so many games <laughs> on. Because I think it's going to be that kind of November with all these races hanging in the balance. Yeah. Well, Pat, thanks for uh, for informing us about Gideots. Uh, that that's awesome. <laughs> uh, how about razor quacks? That 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 might work. Oh, I like for, that for our counterpart. Like yeah, for the for the friends. I'll lunatic. pretend like I made that up. Yeah, well, I I kind of stole it <laughs> off her text line. Pat, enjoy the game tomorrow. We'll see you there. All right, guys. See ya. Have mm-hmm. a good. That is uh that is definitely a phrase, Tommy. That Derek and Zach are going to use in the afternoon yeah. now. JC and MC on uh, the McClarty Daniel Hotline with that one. I'll have to give him credit. R- razor quacks. So razor quacks. That's pretty. I, I think we're going to coin that one right there. We're, we're we're putting our stamp on it. I like it. I like it. What say you, Chuck? You like that? Yeah. I mean, uh, I like Pat Dooley. He's yeah. an interesting guy. He's always got an opinion. <laughs> The Gideots. I mean, I'd never heard of that before. So for, to it's describe a the talk radio down there, yeah. he knows how to turn a phrase. Yeah, the uh, for the for, if you're just hopping in, that was to, his way of describing. The, and every fan base has them. We got them. They got them. The fringe lunatics that want everybody fired after a one point win. You know, he's, so <laughs> that, uh, that that's a good phrase there. He's also semi retired, like Clay. He's doing a couple things right and doing radio, but he's he's semi retired. So they share that. He's an opinionated guy. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.